Welcome to the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast, hosted by me, Jason Sacco. I'm a longtime spondy looking to bring the community closer to give the community a voice. I'll be reaching out to organizations, doctors, nutritionists, and anyone that I think can help increase our spondy quality of life. Enjoy and learn what is available to make your life better. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast. I hope everybody is doing wonderful and having just a great week since I last talked with you. This week, I wanted to touch base about what is axial spondyloarthritis and why you should be using that terminology when you're trying to get a diagnosis. Now, I pulled this information for this week's episode from the NASS, which is the National Axial Spondyloarthritis Society out of the United Kingdom, and it's a fantastic website. Check down in the show notes for not only a link to the NASS website, but also a couple of videos that they have out there about what is axial spondyloarthritis. So let's jump into why you should be using that. When you go for a diagnosis, and I see this quite often as people complain, oh, I went in and I think I have ankylosing spondylitis. The doctor says, no, I'm frustrated. The doctor's frustrated. The doctor's not listening to me and on and on and on. Well, if you don't have visible sacroiliac joint damage, you're probably going to be hard pressed to get an ankylosing spondylitis diagnosis. That doesn't mean you don't have the pain. That doesn't mean you don't have the symptoms. That means you're probably dealing with non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis, and it's why you want to use the term when you first go in for diagnosis, doctor, I think I have axial spondyloarthritis. Then let them tell you where you fall on the spectrum. You really want to think of this disease as a spectrum, and on the one side is non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis, on the other side is ankylosing spondylitis, and you want to use the umbrella term axial spondyloarthritis when you're trying to get your diagnosis. Once you have a diagnosis, if you want to switch to one of the subterms, that's neither here nor there, not a problem. But when you're trying to get the diagnosis, you want the broadest base of thought of vias that can be used to help to get you to the quickest, fastest treatment plan. You want them to tell you why you don't have it, not limit yourself to some subset that may cause a delay in treatment. Ultimately, what is axial spondyloarthritis? Well, it's an umbrella term and it includes both ankylosing spondylitis and non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis. Ankylosing spondylitis, as we all know, is where changes to the sacroiliac joints or the spine can be seen on an x-ray. Well, non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis is where the x-ray changes are not present, but the inflammation may be visible on the MRI, or you may have the symptoms, or some combination of the two. Roughly around 7 in 10 people with non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis have visible inflammation in the SI joints or the spine when an MRI of the back is carried out. The other 3 in 10 may not have any inflammation visible on MRIs despite symptoms of back pain. That doesn't mean they're not dealing with something, and that just means that they may be the harder one to get a diagnosis, and you don't know whether you're one of those 3 or 10, but what you don't want to do is go into the doctor and be fixated on one item, and that doctor is telling you that these must-needed pieces are not there, and you both become frustrated. So again, go into this using the term axial spondyloarthritis to have that widest net cast so that you can get a diagnosis 
and a treatment plan as you move forward. So typical symptoms of axial spondyloarthritis include all the same things that we always talk about. Slow or gradual onset of back pain and stiffness, you know, over weeks or months, rather than like if you hurt your back and it comes on really quick, like within a few hours or, you know, the next day. Early morning stiffness and pain that wears off or reduces during the day with exercise or just in general with movement. It persistent for more than three months as opposed to I hurt my back and it heals up in a few days and off I go. You generally feel better after exercise and worse after rest. Not for everybody, but that's just a general thing. There is some weight loss sometimes in the early uh, stages of the disease. Fatigue and tiredness is a huge one, and that's just one that there isn't any magic bullet to help fix the fatigue and the tiredness. It's something that's going to plague you with this going forward. There are some things you can take to help, but it will always be there for you. And then there can be feeling feverish or experiencing night sweats. And I see this, people with a newer diagnosis might come on and go, my goodness, I'm, I wake up in the middle of the night drenched. Does everybody else experience that? I'll tell you, for me, I do occasionally. There'll be sometimes I might go weeks, months, maybe even years. And then just for a long period of time, it'll be like I'm constantly waking up sweating. So who knows why it happens that way? It's the weirdest thing. One day, maybe they'll be able to better pinpoint why we go through what we go through. So ultimately, what happens? Well, we all know it's a painful, progressive form of inflammatory arthritis. It mainly affects the spine, can, but also affect other joints, tendons, and ligaments. Other areas, such as the eyes and the bowel, can sometimes be involved as well. So inflammation occurs at the sites where the ligaments or tendons attach to the bone. This is known as enthesis. The inflammation is followed by some wearing away of the bone at the site of the attachment. This is known as entheopath. As the inflammation reduces, healing takes place and new bone develops. Movement becomes restricted where bone replaces the elastic tissue of ligaments or tendons. And then repetition of this inflammatory process leads to further bone formation and the individual bones, which make up your backbone, you know, your vertebrae, can fuse together. That's where I am. That's where many of you that are listening are at as well, is having that bamboo spine, that inflexible or very little movement in your spine. Again, this is going to be a short episode. Check out the show notes. There's two really neat little videos that explain what it is. These might be something that you want to share with a a spouse, a family member, a friend if they ask what are you dealing with. And you can talk a little bit about axial spondyloarthritis, ankylosing spondylitis, non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis, and explain really what you're dealing with. And then there'll be a link in there to some issues on dealing with fatigue. So I thank you for joining me on this short episode this week. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. I really, really appreciate all you listeners. So thank you and have a wonderful day. Bye.